0: Stephen Kubaki disappeared in the Michigan Triangle. While the fact that he reappeared is a fairly unique phenomenon, there are other stories of people vanishing in mysterious ways. I think it's important to analyze those to make sense of the scope of possibility. Was it paranormal? Was it mundane? Or is there something just completely terrifying out there that we have never witnessed. We still do not know what happened to Stephen in the time that he was gone or why he came back while other cases people just stay disappeared or they're found dead in mysterious ways. The footprints leading to the edge of the water are really interesting to me. It just shows how abruptly he disappeared. One second he was there and next poof he was gone. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Haunted Detective Podcast. I'm your favorite host, Kelsey Childs, but everyone calls me the paranormal, don't say it, Griff, don't say it, the paranormal Sherlock Holmes, because literally everyone calls me that.
1: I'm withholding comment on
0: that, and I'm Griff. Hi, (laughs) co-host. Griff is your favorite skeptic, and Griff definitely doesn't hate me for making her do this, right? No, absolutely not. No, no, no. We
1: no matter what comments on the internet
0: might say. <laughs> oh man, I love the internet. It's it's like the <laughs> wild west. It's like the paranormal of the normal. I don't, did that make sense? The paranormal of the normal. The, t- t- the point is, the internet is terrifying, and I hate it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anyways, let's open the case file on another episode of Steven Kubaki. Are you ready for this one, Griff? Because this is yeah. the start of a very deep rabbit hole that we're going down and I don't think we're coming out of the rabbit hole until like episode 6. So, oh god, okay. Steven's case raises a lot of questions, almost as many as the bizarre disappearance of five and I'm going to put this in quotes or like air quotes Disabled men, because that is how they're described and how they were known at the time. These men disappeared on February 24th of 1978. Jack Hewitt, Bill Sterling, Jack Madruga, Ted Weir, and Gary Mathias were a range of 24 to 32 years old. And again, I want to preempt this by saying this is the 1970s. Um, our, mm-hmm. our country did not, or, or just like society as a whole, did not have an understanding Of disabilities, intellectual or physical. So, like, when I'm describing this, just understand that it's a different time and disabilities and disabled people were treated differently back then. Yeah, poorly. Very poorly, yes. More
1: poorly. It's not great now, but it was even worse than somehow.
0: There was like, it was all stigma and no understanding. They might have all dealt with mild to severe intellectual disabilities, but that didn't mean that their lives weren't as normal as normal comes for men in their situation, especially at the time. The five boys all lived at home with their families and were independent enough to be alone and go on local trips together. Majurga had a license and a car that he used to drive them all around with. The main venture they went on was playing basketball at the Yuba County Vocational Rehab Center. There was a tournament hosted by the Special Olympics in Sacramento on February 25th. They were all set to compete in. The men were determined to win because of the prize, a trip to L.A., which at Hmm. the time, yeah, that's really exciting, I think. I'd, I'd be, I would be driven by that, like, now. Yeah, Going to LA is really expensive.
1: It is really expensive, especially because I spend so much money on weed while I'm there.
0: <laughs> Do you think like their trip was all expense paid? Like, ooh, fancy Absolutely resort?
1: Not. No, no. I think it was just the ticket, just the ticket to get there. Just the maybe plane a tickets. ticket to come back. I don't even know if it was a, if it was a return trip involved.
0: <laughs> the, the plane tickets back then were like twenty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that I am on plane crash TikTok. And in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, I don't know. You a big
1: Black Box Down fan? Go listen to the podcast, Black Box Down.
0: (laughs) Well, so, like, the thing is, is, like, it's one of those topics that you can't, you don't want to look, but you can't look away. Right. And planes crashed a lot back then. Like, a Mm -hmm. lot of mechanical errors, a lot of um, technician errors, and a lot of pilot Mm -hmm. errors. (laughs) Just like a little fun fact is that the pilots back then... planes used to to
1: crash a lot more, yeah.
0: Yeah, they used to, like, drive them accidentally into the train. Like, oops, there is a mountain. Let's crash into it.
1: Well, yeah, it's because they were smoking all those cigarettes. It gets real smoky in there. You can't see anything.
0: Imagine what that plane smelled like. Crazy. The night before the competition, they all got into Jack's car and headed to watch a college basketball game 50 miles away in Chico. Like I said before, this was not unusual for them. They very often went on trips together like this. They made it to the game, and on their way home, someone saw them at a convenience store where they bought candy and chocolate milk. They were seen for the last time driving off towards Yuba County. The next morning, it was obvious that something was wrong when none of them had returned home. Jack's mother reported them missing, and a massive search was underway. It wasn't long before Forest Services found his truck in the snow in Plumas National Forest. This was on February 27th. But the strange thing was that this area of California was 50 miles off of their route. Oh. That's not an easy mistake to make.
1: No, 50 miles is a lot in any form of transportation.
0: And the thing with California is those roads are pretty straightforward. Like, you get on the highway and you're on that highway. Like, you don't get off the highway. So, if they were seen heading towards Yuba County, Mm -hmm. they would have had to, like, take an exit or get onto a different highway, which, again, the highways are very straightforward in California. And I'm guessing Mm -hmm. with the infrastructure having to house less people, it was probably even more straightforward back then. But yeah, I just, it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. Have you ever gotten that thing where you just zone out while you're driving and then you get oh, home? Oh, absolutely.
1: And you get home and you're like, I do not recall how I got here. I don't even know what I'm doing here. I just know I got home somehow.
0: There was one time I was driving. I used to live in Cali in on the Central Coast, right between San Francisco and L.A. To get to L.A., mm-hmm. I had to drive through santa barbara which santa barbara is hard to miss like there are giant mountains like it's beautiful it's very unique and i got home and i was like wait a second i don't remember driving through santa barbara like there's just there was just a blank slate (laughs) from like la to home i remember it
1: happens especially on road trips like i've driven from texas to santa fe i went from austin to santa fe and a lot of that was just like disassociating and seeing the same what felt like the same barn subway and dollar general every five miles it was it was maddening
0: if you ever drive like go on a road trip through the east coast especially from new york to vermont you pass like 27 dollar generals it's maddening and they all look the same the 50 miles that they drove was literally in the opposite direction of their home but the car was the only sign of them. There was no evidence that any of the men had been there at all. It didn't seem like they had tried to move the car with their athletic ability, weight, height, and the fact that there was 5 of them, they would have had no issue removing the car from the snow where it was stuck. There was still a quarter tank of gas and a bunch of maps in the glove compartment. The keys were also missing. Of course, police tried to search the surrounding area, but a winter storm put their efforts on hold. This is when... We get, a, we, get, we get a little strange, a little funky wonky out here. Okay. Someone named Joseph Shons told a wild story from the night they vanished. Joseph was driving home from checking on his cabin when his car also got stuck. He suffered what he claimed to be comparable to a heart attack when he tried to get his car free from the snow he said that he collapsed in pain and couldn't move then at eleven thirty p.m he saw headlights several men got out of the car but there was also a woman with a baby okay um which,
1: Wh- okay that's Go a little on.
0: scary children yeah. me. yeah
1: oh i just okay i mean that's not the scary part but yeah
0: yeah he tried to get them to help but they simply vanished into the night A couple of hours later, he saw flashlights, but no one ever came to help him. No one knows for a fact if that was the Yuba County Five, but it makes the most sense. It took months for anyone to find out what happened to the five young men. It was June 4th when two explorers on motorcycles or like dirt bikes found a ranger trailer 20 miles from where the car was found. Inside was the body of Ted Weir on a bed. His feet were frostbitten and he had a long beard. Like, he didn't have one before, so this means he was alive in that trailer for like Mm -hmm. several months.
1: Oh, jeez.
0: There was also a locker in the trailer that had enough food to feed all of the missing men for more than a year. Propane tanks and matches were also located in another nearby shed. Jack and Bill were found a few miles away. Their bodies had been eaten by wild animals. Jack's spine, shoes, and skull were found spread around two miles away from the trailer. Gary Mathias was never located, but his shoes were found in the trailer. Something that's important to note about Gary is that he was legally blind without his glasses, an army veteran, and schizophrenic. So the thing is, is that all of these men, they starved to death and froze to death. Mm. Why?
1: (laughs) I, yeah, I don't. This is all very, I know, we're, I know that the the whole point of this is that we're a bunch of weird stuff is happening and we're supposed to be hearing about it. But again, hearing about it is just very
0: upsetting. It is. It is upsetting. And I do feel very badly for them. But the one question, or I have so many questions, but like the thing that I want to know is it was obvious that there was food. It was obvious that there was a way for them to keep warm. And they literally mm. starved and froze to death. What happened? Yeah, how does that happen?
1: I mean, the human condition—it's like uh, how people get like that snow blindness or snow madness or whatever. Mm-hmm. Could have been that. Could be snow blindness or whatever it's called. Like the like the like those past people.
0: Yeah, uh, Diatlov. Adil- yeah, yeah.
1: Diatlov past guys, where they all just kind of
0: freaked out. I mean, you know? I kind of want to make a whole season on them, but like the thing oh, is. Boy. Is that, yeah, hypothermia can create some sort of madness. Frostbite can do that. It kind of just puts your nervous system all out of whack. I know because I got <laughs> hypothermia once and I was just wandering oh. around like a zombie and I don't remember anything until my friend found me. She was like, okay, we are going to. How did you get hypothermia? Um, I was, this was back when I was like a semi-professional athlete and uh-huh. I was doing a race in Tahoe, and part of the race was you had to swim, and it was like negative ten degrees at the top of the mountain where the swim was.
1: Uh huh. And you just like that. Well, he's got that. That'll do it.
0: Yeah. So a lot of people, what they did, was also they, why? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, there oh, but also why? <laughs> why? Well, don't even get me started about when I went and raced in sweden for 24 hours in a blizzard when it was negative 30 mm. degrees uh again i at some point i feel like athleticism just isn't worth it i was i'm ultra marathoners the running joke is that we are waiting for the sweet release of death well i'm gonna get it keep trying to outrun it to <laughs> every day's leg day if you're constantly running away from your problems <laughs> but like in all seriousness like yes you do go crazy but not like not crazy you know like I was smart enough I was like totally out of it I was zombified in Tahoe Mm -hmm. but I I like vaguely was aware of what I needed to do and where I needed to go so I like wandered into one of the buildings and I found my friend like Mm. I knew that she was there and I found her and I got taken to medical and then I became like lucid again but like even with snow madness I feel like (laughs) One, they were out there for so long and they were alive for so long, is that there would have been a period where they became lucid again. Mm-hmm. There was nothing, none of the articles that I found talked about any, I guess, signs of foul play. So they weren't tied up. They weren't like mm-hmm. forced to starve. So that makes the question, what the heck? <laughs>
1: Just what the heck? Not what the heck happened? Just what the heck?
0: Just what... I think overall, what the heck? Okay. So, I just... I feel like, for me, the concept of going missing really freaks me out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So, both Stephen and these five men disappeared in snowy climates, and I wanted to bring something up about Steven's case. The last thing Kay. he remembers is being cold and scared of being lost in the frozen darkness forever... Which again, that sounds like it'd be like the snow, the snow
1: madness thing. It sounds like snow madness, but I, uh, I guess snow madness wouldn't make you get lost for 15 months. Probably just like 15 minutes or 15 miles or something.
0: Yeah. Huh. I, it just, it really, it, <laughs> it's, it's ominous. It's very ominous. Like the last thing he remembers
1: before and disappearing again, like, into the snowy wilderness. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Before. Getting lost in the frozen darkness.
1: Oh, jeez!
0: Like again, steven was a avid outdoorsman. He was very smart. He was very wilderness smart. He had survival skills. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think there's something to that last thing he remembered. And of course, we don't have the five men from Yuba County able to give an account on what happened to them, Mm-mm. but there's something to the onlookers seeing the woman with a baby accompanying them.
1: Yeah, that's kind of creepy. Even though...
0: It's extremely creepy. Yeah, like, she was never found. Her body was never recovered. Of course, there was, like, no baby. And I'm like, where did you find this woman? What the... What the fuck?
1: (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, I think that's all you can say.
0: Honestly. So, the weird behavior is another point. These men died so close to food and shelter, like we talked about, so, something strange obviously happened, mm-hmm. and we don't have witnesses for Stephen's initial blip from existence, mm-hmm. but what if there's something to the woman with the baby?
1: What do you mean? Like, the woman so made around, them disappear?
0: Y- mm, maybe.
1: Okay, go on.
0: Around the world, there is a spirit called the woman in white. You might also know her as La Llorona.
1: Of course, I'm familiar with her. She's a bad mom.
0: Yes. She she's,
1: she's
0: one of the uh, worst moms. My, she's like literally the worst mom. Maybe, maybe not the worst, but like the know. worst. Casey Anthony. She's pretty bad. Yeah, that's true. I refuse to watch her documentary.
1: Oh, you mean her well, like, her intimate interview with Dateline or whatever?
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I killed my daughter. I'm such a victim. I was a bad mom. I'm such she, a victim. Like, it. shut up. up. No. No, the jury found her innocent, That's and it's like crazy. so obvious. White
1: privilege is a hell of a drug, huh?
0: <sighs> You're telling me, aren't you? Aren't you Jewish too? Me, no. I think you said you no, were. No, I'm Irish, half Jewish. No, I'm Irish. Irish. I'm
1: half. No, I'm not. The, I'm oh, not a Drake. Know.
0: No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm Jewish. I know. I I just figured I'd just say it. I'm Jewish, by the way, in case you didn't know.
1: In case you guys couldn't tell. It's very important to the Lord. Yeah, lore. in case you
0: you you couldn't tell. Actually, my last name Childs um before Ellis Island was supposed to be Tchaikovsky. So
1: That sounds Russian.
0: It is Russian Polish Jew. Oh, okay. So, In Brazil, The Woman in White is a woman who starved to death by her husband because he believed that she was in love with a slave. And um trigger warning, she was only fed meat from his corpse in a soup. Oh. Oh. Okay, I forgot that part. I should remember the child
1: murder mostly.
0: Yeah, there there are a bunch of different stories surrounding the woman in white. But, like, yeah, so she was basically fed meat from his corpse in a soup until the meat ran out. And then she was just fed soup and then fed nothing. And then she starved to death. Oh, okay. Creating a vengeful spirit and extreme cases of racism. Yeah, Huh. It's lovely.
1: <laughs> How does this make you feel? Bad. I don't know if you can tell from the pitch of my voice. Yeah,
0: that that's the highest I've heard your voice go. It
1: goes higher, but we haven't uh, broached that yet.
0: Yep. One day we will. Mm. <laughs> so in Brazil, she's also called Dama Branca. And another origin speaks to young women who were murdered by their fathers or husbands in order to protect the dignity of the family name which is also known as an honor killing and for a long time across the world around the world whatever you want to say uh uh-huh. it was legal honor killings were very very legal cool love that love that thought daughter gay daughter your choice um neither it's <laughs> for them back then <laughs> no, there was one choice it, like, was, it was
1: a- it was dead uh oh yeah just of the honor killing um cool love that so good so good uh definitely stuff like like that doesn't happen anymore we've moved past that for sure
0: oh yeah definitely i mean at least it's illegal now Eh. Eh. my it's like hey daddy i fell in love with this peasant um he's really poor but we love each other to death how dare you yeah isn't that kind of like Romeo and Juliet a little bit? No, because they were both nobles. Oh, were they really? Yeah,
1: they were both, yeah, two houses, both alike in, dig- in dignity, in favor of our story lay. Uh-huh.
0: I am I saw this one video and it was like, <laughs> if Juliet had a friend that she told everything to, and the friend was like, mm, I don't know, I don't think you should i don't think you should do that this seems like a really you barely you just met him yesterday really bad idea dude i saw
1: that same video and i know that i'm older than you because i was like oh this is the same video that used to be the gay best friend video but gay best friend guy is no longer part of the culture of the uh cultural uh landscape anymore because i thought it was just going to be a gay best friend clip but no it wasn't uh so that's how i feel old
0: in Canada, she was a woman who threw herself off of Montmorency Falls after her fiancé died fighting in the Battle of Beauport. Mm-hmm. Her apparition can be seen around that area wearing a white dress. Very staple, staple outfit. Yeah, But she isn't always just a ghost. In some countries, she's a curse. There are several stories surrounding people going missing or turning up dead in areas haunted by a white lady. Do you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, a little bit. Like the woman with the baby. Yes, and a lot of the woman white. with the baby. Yup. And a lot of And the white people. The the woman with the baby. Can you say that like three more times? Nah, woman with the baby. Woman with the baby. Is that
1: is, is that what we're getting that?
0: Yes. Sorry. Yeah, it is. Because a lot of women women in white stories like you mentioned about La Yourona are really bad parents because they killed their children after a torrid affair that their husband had or after being left by their husband. Cuz there's always a
1: husband involved.
0: Always, always because like men suck.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's always it's always a man doing something very manlike, and then the woman being like, "Oh my god, I can't take this anymore." And honestly, I can't either. Yeah. I'm never having kids, so like it won't turn into that obviously, but uh-huh. like I pff, men <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was gay well not all
1: of us can be blessed
0: honestly like the fact that most women are still attracted to men proves that sexuality isn't a choice
1: yeah either that or that you know brainwashing is real
0: brainwashing yeah we don't have time to get into it (laughs) well i mean we are going into government experiments next next episode (laughs) so i told you rabbit hole (laughs) <laughs> there is a stretch of road in England between Beeford and Brandon Burton. England has some weird freaking names where mm-hmm. a lady in white has been spotted and caused multiple deaths. Of course, this is all alleged and part of like the lore of the road. So, Mm -hmm. in one instance, a man on a motorcycle was driving down the road in the evening and picked up a pretty hitchhiker. He noticed that she was wearing all white as she climbed onto the back of his motorcycle. After a few miles, she just vanished. And um, I'm thinking of that one, that first Supernatural episode. Which one? Where there's like a woman in white and she kills unfaithful men and has them bring her to like her dilapidated house that hasn't been inhabited in decades and then you know dean and sam have to like get rid of her and it turns Mm. out she jumped off the bridge with her baby in her arms and she got defeated by her honestly yeah
1: honestly justice for her yeah
0: (laughs) woman power
1: yeah i believe in women's rights and women's wrongs so a real feminist icon yeah
0: you just be here for the good times. Yeah, exactly. Like, you have to accept the bad and the ugly. The good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm so cringy. Oh, my God. Someone stop me. Shut up. <laughs> me going. Another story speaks to six people in a car fatally crashing into a tree. Some people speculate that it's because they picked up the lady in white as a hitchhiker. And then going even deeper down the rabbit hole, there is a castle in Switzerland that is plagued by a very murderous lady in white. And I'm gonna I'm gonna try and pronounce this. Uh, Roll Roll Bay Castle in Geneva has a grave story about a woman who was a wife to the knight Humbert Humbert de Coulex. I'm I'm so sorry that I butchered this. (laughs) (laughs) It was under his rule that the castle was built. Basically, like he kind of built it or Mm -hmm. like officiated it. When she could not bear him a son, he shunned her. It isn't clearly stated that she died due to this, but most white lady stories center around, like I said, suicide linked to heartbreak or infidelity. She, because women are so fragile, you know? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Can we just, like, talk about how, like, men get sick with, like, a simple cold and they just, like, they melt. They can't do it. Oh, yeah. It's man flu. I just feel like women have a higher
1: threshold for pain because of all the pain we have to endure in our day-to-day lives oh
0: yeah women will literally endure like the pain of a thousand lifetimes on an average morning and then continue about their life like nothing ever happened
1: if if men got cramps and periods would be paid days off
0: (laughs) that's the sad truth of society isn't it Mm, truly she likes to appear on christmas eve on a new moon or full moon where she will kill people who cross her path I hope it's only men. I didn't mean that. Don't please, please, please don't show up at my house. She's also linked to various mysterious disappearances. And now, of course, the infamous story of La Llorona has circulated in Mexico, Venezuela, Guatemala and America. Because America likes absorbing everyone else's myths and lore and religion. Yeah, it's because we don't uh, have enough ingenuity to do our own. Absolutely. She is seen as a harbinger of death and walks around wailing loudly. The story goes that she drowned her children in a nearby river. Some sources claim that it's because her husband cheated on her, while others claim that he died. I think that there are...
1: Hear me out. We're blaming all these women. Maybe if these dudes stopped fucking cheating, all these kids wouldn't be dead. Anyone ever think about that? Maybe if, like, men just
0: didn't. You ever think about that?
1: Yeah, it's just full stop. I was just- like, there's a story in, like... uh, It's, like, one of those, like, fucking dumb, like, men self-improvement books. that's like, 48 laws of power or whatever. And one of the, like, anecdotes in the book is this, like... Oh, there's, like, a fisherman and he, like, swallows a snake or a snake, like, climbs up his ass or something. I don't know. He has a snake inside of him and the snake is alive. And uh, a white heron comes by and is like, hey, I can... Get the snake out, all you gotta do is, is just like I'll pull it out of you. So he the guy bends over or whatever in the snake in the and the bird pulls the snake out of his ass and <laughs> eats the snake and like he's like, cool. And the fisherman's like, oh my god, that snake was gonna kill me. But now I'm afraid that I've got like venom inside me and that's gonna kill me instead. And the bird's like, Oh, well if you don't wanna die of poison, all you gotta do is uh eat six white waterfowl and uh, that'll you'll be good. And the fisherman goes, oh, but you're a white waterfowl. And the, and the heron goes like, yeah, I, I, I guess I am, huh? So the fisherman takes this bird that just saved him and he puts him in a bag and he takes him home and he strings him up and he's going to pluck him and he's going to cook him as the first of six birds. And his wife is like, hey, that bird fucking saved your life. Why are you doing this to him? That's fucked up. So she frees the bird and then the bird uh, gouges her eyes out and flies away. And what you're supposed to get from that story is that doing nice things for other people will only harm you in the end because the bird helps and then he gets captured and then the wife helps and she gets her eyes gouged out. But what I really feel like the moral of the story is don't be a fucking asshole like the man and don't hurt people that help you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But Because it only
1: harms people down the way because now his wife is harmed and also that bird was like... If he wasn't an asshole, this could have just ended with the snake being dead, you know?
0: Oh, and then, and then you know, what, what you didn't see is after the wife is like, oh, my God, my eyes are gouged out. You did this. He's like, babe.
1: Yeah, and then she s- killed their kids. <laughs> I had and everyone such... blames her for it.
0: No, no, wait, wait, wait. Like, this is definitely the man's response. Babe, I had such a traumatic, like, relationship once. Like, like she broke up with me. And, like, I just I just can't stop hurting people.
1: <laughs> yeah he he learned how to weaponize therapy speak for sure oh god
0: have you ever seen that thing that narcissists do where they just like stare at you yeah of course and then they like intimidate you there was this live this creator um that he's the one that like messed up all of the uh smiley face case things on tiktok but Mm -hmm. he got literally destroyed by tmz they pulled him in and was like oh my god we're gonna do an interview because we like like you and then they just wrecked him so he like thought this tmz tmz thing was gonna come out and be like oh my god this guy is the best he's so cool and then it came out and was like this guy's really like a bad person like this was grifting We have Mm -hmm. multiple sources and a lot of proof. And so this guy then hops on live stream and everyone in the comments, like a thousand people were like, hey, you're like gaslighting us. Hey, you're, you know, leaving out things that you said you all this stuff. And so he was just staring at the camera, like hard staring at the camera. And then after like an hour of doing that, he was like, this live stream was for the people who had genuine comments, not the haters. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> men anyways um i personally think that there are multiple spirits that can be considered la llorona out there there doesn't have mm. to be just one story but moving on it is said that if you bother her or follow her cries in the woods late at night something bad will happen aka you will die so here's the thing is like a while ago when i was doing a ton of research on her for a video. I came across Mm -hmm. this Reddit story for the life of me. I cannot find it, but I will summarize what I remember from it is someone was saying I was camping next to the river. She haunts in California and I saw a woman outside my tent and I was hearing her cry. So I was like, okay, let me see if this woman's okay. Like full horror movie moment. I'm going to follow her and follow the cries. And they started getting chased or it was either they got chased or they were following her and they started running and the Ooh. cries where the chasing almost led them right off of the cliff. Oh. And that's when they realized they were like, oh, my God, I, sh- I shouldn't do that.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no shit.
1: Yeah. Don't let anything run you off a cliff. Come on.
0: Yeah. Only yourself. Only do it to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Now, let me be clear when I say this is just a way to connect all these stories. We will never know what Stephen saw or if he was even with anyone prior to him vanishing. For decades now, he has been unwilling to speak with the press or any reporters about his experience, which honestly, like, makes sense because the press like to exploit things like this. Mm hmm. But he does confide in his close friends and family. Some people believe that aliens are ever so present in the Michigan Triangle and they are responsible for the disappearances. While some abduction survivors claim to see animals, bald men, children, or just orbs of light, there is always a constant in their stories. They were all missing time and typically these people return to the same place where they were taken while some never return at all. So... We might go into this like in depth in another season or dedicate the entire season to this. But a lot of people suggested that the missing 411 stories are very similar. Speaking Mm -hmm. of aliens, believers in abductions and UFOs attribute 411 cases to aliens as they do with Steven's case. So let's talk about it. People go missing in national, state and recreational parks all the time, especially children. The thing that fascinates most people about 411 cases is the rate in which they occur and how they happen. Hancock House Publishers explains it like this, quote, Nobody has ever studied the archives for similarities, traits, and geographical clusters of missing people until now. They go on to talk about how a national park ranger gave them a tip, which resulted in over four years of professionals investigating the similarities between these stories. Stories that are pretty much copy and paste from one to the next. Experts in this investigation have also mapped out these specific disappearances as having happened on top of these, like, weird underground cave systems that run along uh, America. Yeah. So that's kind Super of horrifying. <laughs> very horrifying.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine anything l- like, I mean, other than, like, being in America, like, that's obviously its own <laughs> horror story. But uh, getting lost in a a cave system is a uh, nightmarish possibility. The movie Descent.
0: Uh, Yeah, that. So let's talk about some of the weirdest cases that I've researched and kind of been able to verify. A three-year-old who is regarded as John Doe, probably to protect his identity, was camping when he blips out of existence yes i know i've used this term before but it's (laughs) really the best way to describe these stories and i'm probably gonna put it on a (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt
1: blips out of existence
0: yeah
1: i'd rather be blipping
0: than existing yeah don't talk to me until i've had my blip (laughs) these can all be great like coffee mugs t-shirts, merchandise, (laughs) etc. He claimed that his grandmother in almost AI or robot-like state found him and they walked to an underground cave where she asks him to poop on a sticky paper. The boy said that she was very nice, but when he refused to do what she asked, his quote, grandmother, got angry Uh and he saw sparks coming out of her head.
1: Okay, that sounds not like what actually happened.
0: Maybe some sort of... mm hallucination perhaps maybe on top of that he said there were other quote robots there but they were lifeless and dusty
1: bodies again sounds like some sort of it sounds like some sort of episode but continue
0: or like uh children are very notorious for like when something really traumatic happens to them filling in the blanks so like maybe instead of seeing someone random or some stranger that brought him To the underground cave system he saw his grandmother who was a robot just to kind of like make it less scary and to protect him i guess i kind of try to make it make sense i don't know let's tell me more so then his grandmother finds out about what happened to him and where he was she recalls that her and the boy's grandfather were camping there one night when she was woken up at like midnight 1 a.m to a needle sharp pain in the back of her neck When the grandfather checked, there was a pinprick of blood coming out of that specific area. Oh, okay. So, some theories about this case range from literal robots, which I'm 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 not so sure about that one. I'm not so sure. To or body swapping, and again, even aliens. Body swapping, like the thing. Like, ooh, uh, who's, who's real and who's the blob? Huh? Body swap
1: with what, though?
0: Like, the grandmother getting a, like, sharp pain was someone, like, taking blood from her to replicate her physical form and then use that. It's like a, a shapeshifter, I guess, sort of thing. Okay. I mean,
1: yeah, I guess.
0: Like but, a- like... Yeah, they needed her DNA to actually do it.
1: Okay, okay. I'm trying to be open-minded, but let's let's keep going.
0: Let's just say (laughs) same. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Again, there's there's an entire supernatural, like, trope around shapeshifters.
1: Oh, I'm sure there is. I've never seen the show, but, you know, I was on Tumblr in the early 2000s.
0: Now let's talk about a case that was finally released to the public after decades of the FBI harboring vital information on it. They released the case file, which included over 130 pages of documents. Dennis and his father were camping in 1969 Nice, around Spence Field for Father's Day. He was off with kids from another family they had just met. Some sources say they were kids from another family. Other sources say they were related to him. Again, I'm just going to generalize it now and say he was off with kids playing hide and seek. His dad saw him for the last time around 4.30 p.m. on June 14th. He was wearing a red shirt, so obviously it would be easy to spot him. Ha, They're red again.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, the other guy was wearing red too.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. The other guy and most of the people who disappeared in Bennington. To be
1: fair, they don't make a lot of colors for men's clothes back then.
0: Well, remember the woman with the red uh, jacket?
1: in the men's coat.
0: Oh, true. We don't know. (laughs) His dad really only took his eyes off of Dennis for a couple of minutes before things spiraled. By 8.30 p.m., Dennis's family had hiked all over the National Park looking for him until they reached a ranger station six miles away in Cades Cove. So just for comparison purposes, hiking six miles, so people who walk usually walk 15 minutes per mile, so that's or even 20 minutes per mile so that's
1: i was like 20 minutes sounds more right yeah not everyone's a marathon distance insane runner thing like you or whatever
0: let's just say that most people normally clock 23 to 25 minutes per mile there we go
1: unless you're walking gay speed
0: (laughs) speed. again they they walked a really long way By the time news got out that a little boy was missing, a storm had passed through, washing away any tracks or trails that the boy might have left. 1,400 people showed up in the search party, which was significant for the area. The case went viral for the time that meant that across the country, news stations were covering and the president, Nixon, was even notified A lot of people believe that a serial killer was at play, but the FBI disproved this theory very, very quickly, as they do with a lot of things. They disprove a lot, but something odd was discovered among the case files. A man involved at the search appeared in the documents as a suspicious participant. Every federal investigator on the case was skeptical of this man, because you know what they say is that normally someone who committed a crime is most likely to try and involve themselves in the investigation itself or at least that's what a lot of my research has said and criminal minds we love criminal minds
1: we love criminal minds it's probably mostly accurate and right oh yeah 100 but no they do though. i feel like that is the thing that people do is like they'll do a crime and go back to the scene of the crime either directly or indirectly
0: yeah well, i mean they always serial killers specifically involve themselves yes yeah. they always go back to the scene of the crime to relive what they did and the endorphin rush whatever fucked up thing they get off on but some also try to involve themselves in the crime itself but again the fbi debunked this by quote discreetly proving that the man wasn't there at the time dennis vanished and quote how did they prove that like it's it's a state park
1: mm-hmm. so like people are come in and out all the time
0: People come in and out all the time. It's a camping area. So there's really like no way to actually. There are no cameras. How did they verify or prove that that man wasn't there? Yeah, uh, mm, uh, that's fair. An alibi, I guess, for seats. I guess. I mean, for what? For every day? <laughs> okay. So now let's you get. You have in... to
1: pay to get into a park, maybe?
0: Sometimes, but like. Those are also easy to skirt around. Like if you walk through the woods into the park, like these parks are infinite and vast and Mm. spooky. Again, some people think that this boy disappeared into the caves because there was absolutely zero evidence of where he could have gone. And even though it did rain, his dad taking his eyes off of him for like 30 seconds, this boy just blipped. He's fucking blipped. So this one is probably one of the weirdest ones. Todd Gieb was 22 at the time of his death. He went to a party June 12, 2005, where 100 people were in attendance. Okay. That's a lot of witnesses. The bonfire was held behind an apple orchard, which was surrounded by six miles of grass that reached a person of average height's hips. So basically, it would probably reach my ribs because I'm a short person. <laughs> Let me preface this by saying that Todd was an avid outdoorsman and was experienced in hunting, fishing, dirt biking, and hiking, all things that required he be good at navigating questionable areas and terrain. He decided to walk back to his cousin's house, which was a mile and a half away from the party. And around 1247, he called his friend to tell him he was going home. He had, quote, had enough. Which, again, like, yeah, that seems kind of suspicious. But at the same time, I can recall many times I've been to parties where I'm like, "Okay, guys, I've had enough. I need to go home. This is too much. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever been like at a party and you're like, I can't do this anymore. Well, do you think... Anyone
1: would ever invite me to a party.
0: <laughs> no, if I go to a party, I'm I'm an Irish
1: goodbyer so you just dip. Yeah, so you know, if I'm ever in a missing person story, they would be like, she vanished mysteriously from the party, but it's not so mysteriously because that's how I leave every single uh, gathering I, I attend.
0: At twelve fifty one, he called a different friend and said that he was quote in a field before the call dropped. He then attempted twice to call the same friend back six minutes later. That was the last time he was heard from or technically seen. A 1,500-person search and rescue party with aircraft scoured the area, but they couldn't find any trace of him. Again, blipped out of reality, it's too fitting. Like, it's tall grass, but from an aircraft, you'd be able to see him.
1: Yeah, especially if he was wearing red.
0: I don't know what I don't know what he was wearing, but we'll just like I feel like it would have been mentioned if he was. But like also grass, any color he was wearing, he would have stood out. Except grass green, grass green. Yeah, I wore my grass green shirt to the party. (laughs) So I could melt into the earth afterwards. (laughs) It took 21 days for him to be discovered in the most, I would say, unusual, unusual way. His body was standing vertically in Ovid Hall Lake. Oh. Yeah. Where? Ovid Hall Lake. It was standing in a lake? Yes, vertically. S- upright. This spot is a mile and a half. Huh? <laughs> How
1: deep in? Like in the like 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 underwater or in the
0: water. I'll get to it. Either way, it doesn't make sense. Oh god. I... Okay. (laughs) The lake is a mile and a half-ish away from his cousin's house, and he was dead, obviously. The people who found him were perplexed. They accounted seeing his head and shoulders sticking out of the water. So again, a pretty deep lake. Uh, Okay. He was dressed in the same outfit he wore to the party, with his wallet still in his pocket. His death was ruled... In accidental drowning. Wow, the police jumping to conclusions. So surprising. (laughs) But then the autopsy report came out and it kind of furthered the mystery. No water was found in his lungs. This debunked the conclusion police jumped to because drowning victims, even after death, would have a significant amount of water in their lungs and would be found face up or down. Like, even if they hadn't drowned, but they had, you know, just been thrown in the water after death... Because of the weight of their head and the distribution of air, etc., etc., anatomy stuff. They wouldn't be standing upright. <laughs> it's just not physiologically possible.
1: Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Was he a really heavy boots on? He didn't. But and I'm out of yep. ideas.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. But here's the thing. <laughs> or what if he got caught on something? He didn't. We guy coulda. He could have, but it also wasn't mentioned in the case report, and it was kind of like a huge question mark next to... He was standing upright.
1: Huh. Okay. All right. Here's the thing.
0: He had only been dead for a little over two days, so like two to three days was the official time stamp written on his Emmy report. So that leaves us with the question. Mm
1: -hmm. What
0: happened on the other 18 days he was missing?
1: Um for a mile and a half away from the house yeah (sighs) i don't know cave systems oh god are they by caves
0: i mean there are caves everywhere that's the thing
1: yeah that's fair by the i guess by the definition of being a system of underground caves throughout all of america north america that would mean that they are in fact everywhere
0: yeah so police have since refused to further the investigation by reopening his case and this is still like a battle that his family is fighting to this day that's fucked up That's yeah that's an understatement <laughs> So lastly, I want to talk about Riker Webb from Montana. And I want to preface this by saying a lot of people on TikTok and YouTube are very disrespectful to this little boy, his family and the case in general. Mm -hmm. With all of this in mind, it is not our job to create more trauma For the people or the victims involved in these missing person cases, murders, etc. And what these people have done on TikTok and YouTube is basically ostracized this boy from society or attempted to. Um, So I just I will leave it at that. Okay. He was three years old when he was left unattended outside with his dog when his parents went to check on him when he was gone bad weather inhibited authorities ability to properly search for him which that's a little weird to me because this was last year so we have ways to search for people through bad weather
1: we have technology and a lot of shit to help
0: with that yes so two days later dogs helicopters weather resistant cars phones just like you know just going outside towers a lot of stuff Yeah. yeah Drones? Drones. That is, yep. Two days later, he was found in a shed two miles away from his house. This was in Montana. Remember that. So how a Mm three-year-old survived for two days in the Montana wilderness without food, water, or proper shelter is beyond me. Wait, he, he was found alive? Yeah, he was found alive. Oh, nice. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's good. Sorry, usually when people say someone's found, I assume it was... It's like, uh... It's like, how, like, you know, like, like, uh, uh, when I hear the word starlet, I don't picture like a living person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, starlets are like found and slain and discovered. Like, those are the three verbs that they get. Yes. So he was alive. And, and found is usually, and found is usually, uh, preceding the word slain. So.
0: True. True. He was found alive and very nice. happy to be found. So. Thank God.
1: Again, this. And he's three, so you couldn't really say what happened, huh?
0: Well, so here's the thing is that this shed was literally in someone's backyard in like the woods behind their house. So it's like why he was hiding in there. Who the fuck knows? But some reports claim that he was wearing different clothing when he was found. Other reports don't mention his outfit at all. Okay. With all of that in mind, we need to talk about the cave systems and check to see if they run under the area that Stephen vanished. So... I analyzed a map and I'm going to post it on Instagram which will be linked in the bio of this episode. So two maps were analyzed. The North American cluster map which documents all the missing 411 cases. This is like how they basically mashed these cases and cave systems together. So North American cluster map, all the missing 411 cases and the I'm going to butcher this cartographic analysis map which was Which documents the cave systems in America. Some critics of the theory simply chalk up the similarities to confirmation bias or the fact that every national park has a high density of underground caves. This does not change the fact that the maps have an eerie similarity and that a lot of cases consist of missing time and reports of an underground cave system. Some questions we've been getting about Stephen's case is, in those 15 months, how did no one recognize him? While the 1970s was an easier time to disappear without recognition, it still makes you wonder. His case hit national headlines, and it's nearly impossible for no one to say, hey, that's the guy from the news. We've seen in other memory lapse cases that the recognition of the missing person is common. So, we'll be going over these cases around episode 6. Okay. The U.S. cave maps show some cave systems right between Sagatuck and Benton Harbor. It's entirely possible that this could be a direct correlation to how Stephen blipped out of existence. Mm-hmm. To further the weirdness, Stephen wrote a book in his adult life about the multiverse and our ability to jump or quantum leap from dimension to dimension. His book is a mathematical breakdown of this theory. This oh. leap, Yep. This leads me to the conclusion that something else might have been going on. Are there portals? Something mathematical. Something mathematical. Math is scary. I'm going to be honest. Math I don't is get very it.
1: very scary. I'm gay. I can't
0: do it. <laughs> I'm stupid. I can't do it. <laughs> are there portals hidden among us in America or around the world? Can we time travel or leap to different dimensions by accident? Is the government responsible for these missing people? Next episode, we are going to dive headfirst further down the rabbit hole, but the rabbit hole of government experiments, ley lines, portals, time travel, and aliens. So that is all from us today. I'm um, we're gonna we're gonna just we're gonna close that case file and tuck it away in a in a little corner in our minds so both of us can sleep at night. <laughs> I don't sleep. I d do, I don't do that anyway. What what is sleep? <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Haunted Detective podcast. And so something I want to mention really quick is that I will be teaming up with a company called Oversubscribe. Uh, this is the first time Griff will be hearing of this. So, it um, is. yeah, is. I'm shocked. So basically, um, a lot of creators, uh, whatever it is you want to call them, They get funding from, you know, brand deals. They get funding from investors or they get funding from Patreon. To me, Patreon has always felt like a little, I'm asking for a lot and not giving a lot back. Like, cool, you're gonna give me a $1,000 a month or whatever and all you get is a t-shirt and like a video call with me. That seems kind of unfair. So the thing with oversubscribe, that's that's the whole thing is it's crowdfunding, but it's like investment-based crowdfunding. So people who donate, they get to see a certain percentage of their investment back over the next however many years. So like one creator has given people 13% of their investments of, he raised $27,000, gave them 13% back over the course of three years. And so the cool thing about getting crowdfunding while we are still in the process of growing the podcast is that I will be able to provide better stability for Griff, my lovely co-host for my producer, who as of now is editing all these episodes for free and get better equipment and basically have the ability to do meet and greets with you guys to create better quality content and just better merch overall
1: yeah like uh we're gonna have to start doing this uh super remote because you're gonna be living in a different state soon yes so you know that kind of makes the old the the live streaming and filming part of it a little bit harder
0: yes and we will be able to bring videos back with crowdfunding because i mean it'll be more possible for me to fly out to austin no i
1: think i'm uh, i think i'm gonna fly more to you i don't want to be in texas anymore
0: I will be able to fly Griff out to where I will be moving and we will be able to do content, videos, whatever it is, or even just like meet and greets. Uh, It'll be a really cool way to support us and also be a part of the business that is the Haunted Detective Podcast. That is all from us today. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to close the case file on Steven for today stay tuned for our new episode on Monday where it's going to be a rabbit hole. So I think you guys are going to like it. Don't forget to rate the podcast and be nice to us because we're sensitive and I've been crying for the last two days over Hey comments. So please be nice. Catch y'all on the flip or hot the blip. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm um, s-